everybody. Welcome. I'm Jessica Abernathy, and with me today is Trisha Montgomery. And you're listening to Pets Are Family. Welcome. So we are incredibly honored to have a woman that needs no introduction. Her name is Becky Mosser. She is an RBT. She's the director of the Gurnick Academy of Medical Arts veterinary medical technology program. She is a consultant to the industry startups and non-for-profit groups and the world. She's also the host of a really cool podcast with Dr. Ernie Ward called Veterinary Viewfinder. And they really delve into topics impacting the veterinary profession. She's a volunteer for the, and director of operations for three canine working dogs. And she's also a professional responder with the ASPCA Field Investigations Response Team. Gosh, what has Becky not done? She's also served on state and national veterinary technician boards, as well as the Society for the Veterinary Medical Ethics Board. She also speaks professionally at conferences, including VMX, uh, WVC, AVMA, and more. So we are going to be welcoming Becky Mosser with us. Welcome, Becky. Thanks. I'm excited to talk to Becky. Welcome, Becky. Becky Mosser. We know you love to talk about bugs, parasites, and you also love to talk about heartworm. We love that. Welcome to Pets or Family, Becky. Thanks so much for asking me to be here. I'm honored. We're excited that you're here. We're just, yeah, definitely, definitely. So you've got so much expertise and so much background. And we talked a little bit about that before you came on board with us. But we let's talk about heartworm from, from the pet parent side because you know, there's a lot of misinformation. You mentioned that. And let's just have an open discussion about heartworm. You know, foot-long worms are living in our hearts. Ah, ooh, ooh. It's funny because I unfortunately hear so many people say things like pet prevention and or pet heartworm prevention or other parasite prevention is a misnomer. It's like something we do we make up heartworms to make money you know that it can poison our pets some people are scared of preventing it because it's of the medication and they see these scary videos on facebook and things like that and so as a veterinary technician who sees the long-term damage associated with heartworm disease i'm passionate about the prevention side of things because treating heartworms and the long-term effect of having had heartworm disease is something that stays with our pets the rest of their lifetime. Yeah, yeah. I remember I adopted Moose from MLS, from Plaza Humane Society out of Columbus, Georgia, and he was heartworm positive. And I remember there was exercise restrictions on him. There were things that I couldn't do. And as you know, I'm an exercise person and I wanted to go out on walks with them and I could not do that. So let's talk about that. Let's just explore this that maybe parents may not know. And let's talk about, you know, maybe Dr. Google and the misinformation or the things, those rumors that come out. And let's just have a great conversation about. Yeah, it's so funny, right? Because on the veterinary side, we do a lot of shaming around Dr. Google, right? But I'm a realist and I say, if I have a question about something, the first thing I do is Google it. My dishwasher didn't drain the other day. I was like, hey, why isn't my dishwasher draining Dr. Plumber Google, right? So we all do it. I think it's a way of becoming informed. It's being really careful about the reasons and the resources that you're using. The American Heartworm Society and the Companion Animal Parasite Council are probably the number one and two go-tos equally that I would say for folks to go and learn about heartworms. But here's the thing. Heartworms are transmitted from mosquitoes. So anywhere there's mosquitoes, there's 
heartworms. And what I think people forget is it's not so much what they're doing in their circle. It's what their neighbors are doing in their circle. Because these mosquitoes will feed on a dog who has heartworm disease, take a microfilaria in, and then they're going to inject it into another dog. So even if you say, I keep my yard really clean, or it's really minimal, or I'll shoo away a mosquito, it really only takes a few seconds. And it is dependent on what's going on in the neighborhood in your area, what makes the presence and the prevalence important. And what we know is heartworm disease has been recognized in all 50 states. You were telling me before we started about this amazing alliance that you have with Beringer, Ingelheim, IDEX, a lot of these organizations who are supporting you. And a lot of shelters and the shelters that you guys are targeting are in the Southeast. And the Southeast is really an endemic area for heartworm disease, but it is also the place where we send all of our pets out to shelters in other parts of the country. So we're sending heartworms all over the country. And so even in areas where they didn't used to see heartworm disease, the Pacific Northwest and really desert areas, they're seeing it. And that's not because mosquitoes in that area all of a sudden acquired it, it's because dogs came into that area with heartworm disease, microfilaria in their blood, and it's available to transmit all around. You said microfilaria? What does that mean? Okay, so it's really hard to say this because you don't want to hear this, but they're baby worms. So they're itsy bitsy, teeny tiny little worms. Heartworms (laughs) are just that, right? Heartworms are big, like you said. You said 12 inches, so they actually can be 18 to 24 inches long in maturity inside the dog's heart. But they come as little itsy-bitsy tiny, so small that they fit in the salivary gland of a mosquito. So a teeny little worm then migrates through the skin, into the bloodstreams, throughout the organ systems, and ultimately lands in the heart. Now... The hard part about that and the thing you have to remember about that too is the heart pushes blood all through the body, right? So because of that, these worms push themselves up into the same vessels that transmit blood throughout the body. So what seems obvious there is the more worms in the same transport system as you would have blood limits the amount of blood that can be be transported when these worms are present. So our pets actually end up suffering from heart disease, heart disease and heart failure related symptoms because their heart can't function the way it needs to working against these worms. Wow. Wow. So it's not just the heart that's impacted by this. It's really every other mechanism, their whole body, everything is impacted by these baby, baby heartworms. And the 1824, I can't imagine an 18 to 24 inch worm inside. When I look down at Moose or when I, you know, just your dog, I understand Jessica right, and Becky, they're not just one, they're many of them. Is that correct? There's like, yeah, this is one of my favorite parts about educating veterinary professionals about this. So mosquitoes can transmit three to four microfilaria, these tiny little baby worms at a time. The mosquito is an, uh, an essential part of this life cycle. So when we have adult heartworms in a dog, a dog that has heartworms living in their heart, making babies and these babies are released into their bloodstream. Those babies have to go through a mosquito to get through their next life cycle. So not all of them are going to get to grow up and have a place in the heart as an adult, but obviously they're not all going to get taken out by mosquitoes either. 
So now you have a bunch of what we recognize as non-self. So you just have foreign objects living in the body until they die off. These are risks for embolisms. It's risk for inflammation. So now you have your whole body system affected and the whole body system is trying to identify and take care of this infestation. Meanwhile, you have these adult worms in the heart who can become so great in number that they restrict blood flow, but also even just one worm can get tangled up in any one of the valves or the heart apparatus and cause congestive heart failure because the heart can't function the way it needs to with a worm wrapped around it, obviously. Oh gosh, just a a stupid question. I know there's no stupid questions. No such thing. I've heard that some people think that they can get heartworm if they're around their dog or if they're bitten by a mosquito. There's a misnomer or there's a rumor that some parents think that, can I get heartworm? Can I as a parent get So you actually can get heartworms. We are what's considered a dead-end host, so they don't thrive and mature into heartworms and go and live in our heart. So we can get injected by the microfilaria from a mosquito, but they're not able to move on in life. But it is possible. Is there something that you can, I mean, like if a mosquito lands on your dog, can you tell that that mosquito is infecting your dog? Or do you just, what do you do? No, well, that's why per prevention is so important. And a few years ago, there were pharmaceutical shortages in the actual treatment medication for heartworm disease. And for us as pet professionals, it got really scary because without treatment to kill it off pharmaceutically, we can only surgically remove these adult adult worms. So that entails literally going through the jugular vein of the dog into the pulmonary arteries and heart and moving and, and literally fishing these worms out and pulling them out. So you can you can YouTube these videos. It's called cable syndrome surgery. It's pretty intense. So the pharmaceutical option is really important, but beyond that is the prevention. When I think about the damage that's done, regardless of how many worms or how long they're present in the heart, what we know is it's permanent damage that is presented and is present in the heart. And that's been proven um, by some veterinarians at Beringer Ingelheim who have done some pretty amazing studies and post-mortem studies of what a heart looks like after it's been infected with heartworms at various stages and treated at various stages. And what we know for the most part is it's less expensive to prevent throughout the entire lifetime of the dog than it is to actually treat for heartworm disease. The other thing is, is once they get heartworm disease, they can get it again and again without prevention. So prevention to me is like a total no-brainer. And as a veterinary professional, my dream is we would never see heartworms. We could be eradicated like some other countries are. I guess number a couple of things. Is cost an issue with, with pet parents? Do you think cost is an issue? And then do heartworms ever go away? So you've treated for them. I don't need to, I've already given them that, but they've been treated for that. I don't need to continue to do that. Is that the case or is it? So you don't have to continue to treat, but you have to continue to prevent. Okay. So once adult heartworms have been eliminated through treatment, we still have to prevent more for any mosquito bite in the future could possibly infect that dog. We don't get any kind of antibodies against heartworms by being treated. They're simply poisoned out of the system. The adult worms are not killed off by the body by us inducing a response by the immune system, such as like we would if we were working with like a vaccine. This is actually going to be a toxin that we inject that kills the heartworms, but not our dogs. But as you can attest to, I'm sure, Trisha, it's really hard to watch the treatment. They obviously feel terrible. 
they look terrible. Their coat gets all yucky and not shiny and they feel crappy because there's poison in their system killing these worms end of day. So we do have to continue prevention for sure. It doesn't eliminate them entirely. There really is no elimination until we eradicate them entirely, which, you know, that's above my pay grade. So I stick with prevention. Do they pass out of the system? And just real quickly, when I was at, at Paul's Humane Society, that we used to shave the dogs in the square. And then that way we would know that they were heartburn positive. And so for every day, my dog Moose had the square, the patch of you know, hair. Like you're like, is that, you know, is that a two tight? We know what is that? Yeah. So it was a, kind of a hot mess. But do they just die? Do they pass out of the system? And also, I want to know how can you or how can pet parents tell? That maybe your dog, what are, are there signs that you can look for? Signs that you would know that your dog has heartworm? How would you know that your dog has heartworm? So many good questions. Okay, first, I didn't yet answer your question about costs, but in that being prohibitive, I think for a lot of folks, it, it they think it is prohibitive. However, there are really cost-effective options. It used to be really pretty expensive, but now there are a lot of options, everything from one injection that lasts 12 months to delicious meaty chews that the dog thinks they're getting the best treat they've ever had in their life to uh, topicals that you can put on top of your dog. So there's there's really a million different ways to prevent it. And it's, it is quite affordable. When you talk about how, what happens. So when we treat them and they die off, it's such a good question because the truth is, and this is part of what they've been able to discover uh, with Dr. David Jones working with Baron Greenleheim is he has done these necropsies and taken a look. He's a, he is a past president of the American Heartworm Society. And he's actually looked into dogs that have been treated 13 years prior and has found small insisted fragments of heartworms in the pulmonary arteries and in the system. And so while in theory, yes, while they die off, our body does the job of filtering out the junk and reabsorbing the things that don't belong there. There is nothing to say that these worms can't become insisted or get stuck somewhere in the body, which we have seen through David Jones' work with Beringer and have seen that um, this really is something that is lifelong. That's why we say any dog, and Dr. Jones coined the phrase, any dog that has had heartworm disease has disease. So um, regardless of how it was treated, there will be presence of damage there. Now, that is not to say don't adopt a dog with heartworm disease. That's not to say they're sickly dogs. It's to say that we have to take it so serious as to know that some damage was done. Even if you adopt a dog, say he was hit by a car, right? You know, there's arthritic changes. There's always going to be effect. This treatment is the way we get rid of the adult worms and the continued damage. But we want to keep in mind that dog went through something in their heart the rest of their life. As for signs, first sign is you're not on heartworm prevention. So that's the first concern. If you are on heartworm prevention, I will say this. Even birth control is only 99.9% effective. What we know is nothing is 100%. We see dogs who vomit in a time period their owner didn't realize that the prevention didn't happen. But the number one thing we see is heartworm prevention being given every 30 days means every 30 days is not once a month. And so sometimes we'll see a lapse in the dosage where I gave it on the first and then I gave it on the 16th because I just have to give it once a month. Uh, Every 30 days is really essential because if that worm gets out of the microfilarial stage into what's called the juvenile stage, the prevention doesn't work the same and we have a risk for infection. So every 30 days is really important 
So that's the number one sign is you have had a lapse in treatment or you're not preventing. The next thing is because we know that it is affecting the heart as heart disease affects the heart, you'll see signs like coughing, exercise intolerance, lethargy. I will say there are some different signs in cats. I don't know if you want to talk about cats separately. Cats are infected with heartworm disease, not as much, not as readily but they absolutely are susceptible. We can prevent it. There are preventables. So there's preventables that are topical and there are preventables that are oral for cats. With cats, we often don't see any signs. We see acute death, uh, acute coughing prior to death or respiratory disease signs are usually what we'll see in them, but they're very limited. Generally, they're only infected with maybe one or two worms and they get very, very sick. So any signs of coughing, exercise intolerance, if you are not on heartworm preventative, it's something you want to be thinking about. Wow. Wow. We have just had like a complete, like, like, like a, like a cliff notes, <laughs> parents notes on, on the heart. It's a heartworm tornado. I love that. I love that. If you had a takeaway, Becky, what is the most important takeaway that you could give for our pet parents and our audience today? What is the, one of the most important takeaways that you would, that you would give? I can't emphasize the importance of prevention enough. And you have to know that we are not making big commissions on these medications. We're not marking them up, skyrocketing them. They are more affordable on the big box stores like Chewy.com, Amazon.com. They absolutely are. We have some concerns with online sourcing. We have seen things come through that just are shady or not, you know, are, um, what do you want? It's like fake product, basically, right. you know, yeah. not legit. And they will be like the most discreet little thing on the cover or something. Like so when a product comes from your veterinarian, not only can that product be guaranteed, but should there be any kind of problem, for example, if your pet is on heartworm prevention and then they test positive and you can prove you've had a negative test and you have given prevention that you bought from your veterinarian, those manufacturers will pay for that treatment and the care of the pet. To make sure that your pet is taken care of because their product, for some reason, something didn't go right. If you miss a product, you can reach out to your veterinarian. They can get you in touch with their contacts, their customer service reps, their service reps who can help you know if it is a risk for the amount that was missed, the time period that was missed. If you have questions, concerns, we can support you better through the hospital when you purchase it through us. It is not about us making a lot of money. It's about us guaranteeing a product and getting you a guarantee from our side that we know we can back up. It's really what it's about. And I cannot emphasize the importance of prevention enough because heartworms, it's lifelong damage to a pet and it's something that can be completely prevented. So there's no reason we have to do it. And those pets are counting on us. Yeah. Gosh, Becky, thank you. Before you go, number one, I, you know me, I fire the questions. <laughs> so, so you, we want to hear something fun about Becky Mosser. We know that you ride motorcycles. You're a motorcycle rider. Are you a Harley girl? Or are you a, you, you I'm an Indian. Okay. I, we had, I don't know. Anything. Tell us what you love to do. <laughs> Jessica, go ahead. You're muted. Come on the line. I here. know I am. That's because the landscapers just showed up because of the storms that my dog is freaking out. That's why I'm on mute. So you guys don't have to listen to him bark, but Yes, I love Indians. That's probably my favorite bike. You know what I mean? Everybody goes for a Harley. I love the Indian. I grew up on motorcycles. I, my father, Oh, I love that. My father raced motorcycles all my life. My dad was the president of AMA in Baltimore. Okay. Yes. So I'm very used to motorcycles. The Indian is like, that's my jam. So thank I love you. that. 
Yes. Yeah. I, I learned at 40, which is funny, right? Like I think it's important to continue to learn to do things. I've always wanted to ride. You know, you see people, they like, just like looks cool. And I wanted to try it. My husband wanted to try it. So we both gave it a whirl. We did our motorcycle safety foundations course. I recommend that for anybody who thinks they even want to try riding. It's the best way to start. And um, yeah, I bought a beautiful 2018 Indian Scout. She's willow green and cream. So she's uh, got a real pretty vintagey look. And we understand it's dangerous that it needs to be respected, but it is absolutely uh, a form of active meditation and wind therapy, as well as camaraderie that I've really grown to enjoy. I love that. I love that. Becky, I want to know how can we get in touch and and how can we get in touch with some of those sources that you recommended to us? You mentioned, you know, the American Heartworm Society. You mentioned the companion. Can you tell us how to get in touch with those organizations? And to you, if we have any questions, if we ever want to, if, if our listeners want to reach out to you and they have any questions as well, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah. So you can go to the American Animal or American Heartworm Association online. It's A H American Heartworm Association. I think it's just AHA.org. I don't know. Google American Heartworm Association. Really easy to find. They have great resources and they're regularly updated. And then Companion Animal Parasite Council is the other one. And their pet parent facing side is called Pets and parasites.com. Oh, wow. They have some really interactive maps that you can look at that will talk to you a little bit about what heartworm disease prevalence looks like. You can drill it down right to your very county. So you can get a great idea of what kind of heartworm disease your area is facing at that time. Remember, those are only reported cases, but you can see the prevalence in your area. You can also track it all the way back to 2017 to see what the trend looks like in your area and how, how much you should be concerned. So companion animal parasite council.com or org, I think. I wasn't prepared for those. I was gonna say we'll also post that just for everybody in the notes when we post the videos and um when yeah. we post the audio too for everybody. So do yeah, I'm sure they're dot orgs. I mean that makes sense. Um <laughs> as for me, I am on a weekly podcast called Veterinary Viewfinder. Lots of good information there, just what's going on in the veterinary industry. If you're interested in that, you can reach me there. You can also find me on Facebook at Becky Mosser RBT. I have a page and you can always reach out to me there. So, but other than that, not too hard to track down in the veterans. <laughs> I found you. <laughs> Becky, thank you. Your time is valuable. You have, you could spend it with anybody and we so appreciate you spending it with us. April is heartworm month and we so appreciate you talking about this educating our pet parents and so we can understand more. So again, thank you from Pets for Family and our pet parents. Thank you guys for having me. And thanks for you guys out there that are watching this because it's really important and you're doing a really good job being a pet parent, learning more and trying to find the right resources. There's a lot out there and it can be confusing. So congratulations to you pet parents for doing a really, really good job. And to you guys with the Pet Parent Association, just making sure that information is available to them. It's an important responsibility. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on Spotify or wherever you're listening to us today. If you want to reach out to us, feel free to find us on petsourfamily.net or any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And we want to remind you, pets are family. Have a good one. We'll see you in two weeks. Bye, guys.